1: Welcome to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts,
2: Cheryl Todd. And I'm Dan Todd, and I just can't believe my charming little wife was almost late getting to the chair because she had to go in the office to get some candy.
1: Well, you know... Why why would I be having candy?
2: Because it's there.
1: <laughs> well, this is when I give Blade the the little cue for for special music because today is our spooky
2: Halloween show. And the theme of and the theme of our show is scary things. Mhm. And so
1: Is it scary when you hear the rapper, the candy rapper, or I'm eating candy?
2: No, what the scary thing is, tomorrow when you tell me how (laughs) mad you are that you ate so much candy, (laughs) that's what's scary. These
1: pants make me look fat?
2: That's scary. That's a scary question right there, right? I'm not gonna comment on that at all. (laughs) Smart man. Anyway, anyway, we bought candy for Blade and it's over here by Cheryl, and Mm. I don't know why that is. But anyway, (laughs) happy October Halloween weekend, everyone. We've got a great show today. Our first hour, we have Jeff Knox. He's the director of Firearms Coalition and founder of GunVoter.org. He is a second-generation rights activist followed, following the footsteps of his father, gun rights legend Neil Knox, who spent 40 years in the trenches of gun rights war. He's here to tell us how scary things might become if we don't go out and vote. The gun vote. Hashtag gun vote. That's the NSSF
1: brand there they do the hashtag gun vote yes.
2: we also have marcus weldon marcus weldon is the author of the soon to be released book titled the santa shooter guilty until proven innocent a real life nightmare before christmas story of how you can lose your freedom even when you're the good guy with the gun mm-hmm. that that is an amazing story we, get, we had the privilege of talking with him for quite a while and he's got some great information for us absolutely Our second hour. Shanine Allen. Shanine Allen. She's a New Jersey mom jailed for gun possession. Shanine faced three years in prison for a felony for merely being in the wrong side of the New Jersey border. Her crime, exercising her Second Amendment right. And now, New Jersey, the governor of New Jersey was running for president and said that what he was for the Second Amendment. Yeah. Maybe not in New Jersey, right? (laughs)
1: Well, I don't want to get ahead of her story, but, um, but he ended up being a good guy in her story, uh, Chris Christie. So that, uh, don't get ahead of the story. Well, that's good.
2: We have Eric Lip. He is the NRA, refused to be a victim, and Eddie Eagle Gun Safe Program Coordinator. And, of course, we
1: also will have a Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Commentary. Um. Coming up in our second hour. So, of course, scary things, Halloween, right? We we love Halloween. It is truly one of my most favorite uh, holidays because of all of the... Candy. P- well, there's candy. Yeah, that's for sure. But all <laughs> it's about the Reese's peanut butter cups. I'm not going to lie. And uh, it's about the imagination. You know, kids, they, they think up what are they going to wear and how are they going to put their costume together and... When I was a kid, it was always, you know, I'd grab a piece of this and a piece of that, and you really invent your costume. And, uh, you know, nowadays everything's prepackaged, which is fine and really fun. But, um, but I love the, the imagination that comes along with it. But two, two major things um, we always like to talk about uh, at Halloween is, you know, homeowners, you're allowing masked strangers to come up to your door.
2: Groups of them.
1: Groups of them, yes. And, um, you know, the the high school kids, they could still be like, you know, not even high school. I've seen a couple of, you know, 13, 14-year-olds that are taller than me, you know, and it's still perfectly fine for them to be trick-or-treating. We used to tell our daughter, as soon as you're old enough to drive, no more trick-or-treating. That was kind of the line we drew in our household. Everybody's got their own method, but... Um, you know, a 13, 14 year old, just because they're, you know, tall, big kids doesn't mean that it's not okay for them to trick or treat. But when you have large adult size people walking up to your door in a group, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of think these things through,
2: right? Be prepared and be uh, aware of what's going on around, around you.
1: And, you know, a lot of us are firearms owners here in Arizona, especially, you know, uh so we just have firearms on us as a regular course of business and so Cheryl, are we gonna be giving away
2: Glocks to the trigger treaters this year? <laughs> uh
1: that's a no.
2: That's okay. a no. Okay. <laughs> How about ammunition? Uh that's that's a no. no. There are
1: laws. There are laws and we follow all the laws, maybe holsters. Um but you know, the thing is is that we, we carry our guns everywhere and we don't want to overreact if somebody's just trying to pull a prank, right? right. But then you also don't want to underreact if someone is planning to do us harm under the guise of it being normal to wear costumes and ring our doorbell and, you know, come up to our door after dark or during the business day, coming in your place of business or our place of business. So it's just a time of heightened awareness, you know, the, the more safe we are, the more fun we can have.
2: Right. Just be prepared.
1: So that was one thing that I definitely wanted to talk about right up front. I also wanted to take one second here and just give a huge shout out and a whole lot of love to the Arizona Game and Fish Department. They invited us out to their business summit. Not only did they feed us breakfast, not only did they feed us uh, barbecue lunch. Mm. Shane's
2: barbecue. It was
1: great. Mm -mm -mm. Um, But we ended our business meeting by shooting. Right, we, they, we we went out on uh, it's at the Ben Avery Shooting Complex here in in Arizona, in the Phoenix area, and I had never shot sporting clays before, and I got to shoot sporting clays that day, and I actually hit.
2: Well, until some the first, of them, yeah, until the first twenty rounds, she still hadn't shot sporting clays, but she finally hit one. <laughs> no, she did really good. It was a lot of fun, and I want to give a he lot of not uh, lying, right? By the way, a lot of credit to the instructors there because they. They helped her, so after a few rounds, she was able to hit the yeah, target. Yeah, very patient,
1: very instructive. They ignored me, and I missed
2: a lot of targets, but you know, they supplied, <laughs> get this, they supplied us with Winchester shotguns, semi-automatic 20-gauge and 12-gauge, ammo, one box each, that's 25 rounds, head uh, glasses and ear- earplugs, all for free, and it was just amazing, and they took the time to teach us what we, you know, how to have fun. Yeah, I want
1: to do it again. It was wonderful. It was a great summit, and I look forward to the next one. They do it twice a year, and, um, you know, really appreciated being included in that. Okay, now, very quickly, before we go to commercial and really launch into the show, you know, of course, the big news story that just broke yesterday uh, is about, you know, uh, FBI Director uh, Comey, James Comey, coming out and saying that they're reopening the investigation into uh, the email stuff going on with a presidential candidate, Hillary Clinton. So here's what I want to say about that. We are not gloating. We are not um, going to be happy if, you know, for her demise, if, if she ends up um, being convicted or being, you know, negatively impacting her, her presidential run. There's none of that going on here with Dan and I. I know there, there are some across the nation who are, you know, somebody put up a, a little video uh, gif or gif or however you say that of, I think it's uh, out of the movie Anger Management where um, I'm forgetting the actors' names, but you know, the one guy's having a, an imagination of, of his tormentor set on fire and he's dancing and laughing and, and, and they said that's what, what all Republicans are doing right now and that is not what we're doing. What we're doing is we are hopeful we are hopeful that if there was wrongdoing, that the law enforcement at the federal level will actually put their blindfold back on because it, all indications to us have been that the, the blindfold has not been on and that they are looking at who they're investigating rather than what they're investigating. And they're treating um, that person differently and those people differently than they would if it was just average Joe and Sue, you and I. And so what we are celebrating is the hope that what we're seeing and what Donald Trump mentioned yesterday in a couple of speeches is that maybe the train has gotten back on the track. Maybe this country hasn't completely fallen over the edge irrevocably.
2: I hope so. And you know, a couple things. One is they're saying, well, if he had evidence, he would say what evidence he had, and they're not doing that because they can't. They're under investigation. But one of the things that puzzled me about this whole thing, and I keep repeating it to you, Cheryl, is that when she answered to what happened um, to her de- in her defense, she told the American public to go vote early.
1: Oh, so in her press conference yes. right after it broke, and the,
2: the- she's, she's urging people to go. If you listen to it. I urge you to go vote early. So yeah, so it was the answer. So
1: the the reporter said, "So what do you say to the American people about this?" And she said,
2: "Go vote early."
1: Well, what is? Why life? not just go
2: vote? Yeah. If she's not, so I do feel there's a storm coming, and well, I we feel to... that she
1: feels there's a storm coming because that was an odd answer.
2: And I do have to say, I've got a little tingle in my left foot.
1: <laughs> okay, just a little tingle. It's not like hey, I'm, let's not do the thrill up the leg thing. I'm that's not. It's that's just, been done just a little and it was tingle. unpleasant to uh to even listen to. So um but you're just saying that you're hopeful right. um that maybe things are really not we're not quite so far off the cliff, right? Right. And we're we're gonna celebrate if justice is done. If that's what if we would celebrate. If she's guilty,
2: then convict her.
1: That's what we're saying. Indict her. And if she's not then then so be it
2: have enough evidence to prove that she's not and let it go interesting
1: all right so that is uh that was almost a pre-commentary that was almost a pre-rant but i just wanted to, to to definitely state our position on that we're not gloating we're not the gloaters there may be some out there not on this show thanks for tuning in stick around we have some awesome guests coming up uh front loaded with our friend jeff knox scary music werewolf howl where's that Reese's? can you hand me that (laughs)
0: candy hi i'm paul lathrop i'd like to talk with you about the armed citizens legal defense network as many of you know you'll likely have to win two fights if you have to use your gun in self-defense the first fight is the gunfight itself The second fight is the fight to clear your good name through the legal system. You don't need to draw your gun to find yourself in a legal battle for your life and freedom. Even if you do everything right, you may still be prosecuted, which could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. The Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network is an official sponsor of the Self-Defense Radio Network, and they will completely take that worry away by giving you financial assistance and legal assistance if you have to use your gun in a legitimate self-defense situation. In my case, it was $12,500 just to get out of jail and get the attorney started. Don't let no rezealous anti-gun prosecutor make your life miserable because you chose to legally defend yourself. Sign up at armedcitizensnetwork.org for only $135 for the first year and discounted renewals. Or you can call 360-978-5200 and just tell them Paul sent you. When you're working
3: hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com.
4: And now you gone. And
1: Well, we put a spell on you long enough to have you stick around through the commercial and we appreciate you being here with us on Gun Freedom Radio for our Scary Things Halloween show? We are Gun Freedom Radio where we engage, we educate, and we inform. And we are sponsored by AZFirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, as I said, our show today is Scary Things, and Jeff Knox is going to be talking with us about how scary it might be for those of us who value our Second Amendment rights if, in this next election, the Republican candidate doesn't end up being uh, elected as our president. And with that, I will bring Jeff to the show. Are you with us, Jeff?
5: Absolutely, Cheryl. Glad to be back
1: so excited to have you on always and always enjoy our chat so gosh I, I really don't know where to start because I when I first asked you to come on things were looking a lot more gloomy for our Republican candidate and after yesterday with the thing that James Comey came out and talked about I don't I don't know this is like a roller coaster <laughs> so where yeah, are you with everything it's pretty crazy and
5: trying to keep up with it is is uh, interesting um, but I, and I'll tell you what I, I hadn't even seen it last night I was working on some other stuff and, and had been out all day and um, had some things that I really needed to, to get out the door and so I came home and sat down at my computer and started getting these things out and I got a call from John Pepper out in Pennsylvania and John is the creator of the pepper popper that anybody who's ever shot steel targets is familiar with the pepper popper.
3: (laughs) Um,
5: but John's a 87 year old Korean war vet, great guy, just a hero of, of the whole gun world. Um, and, and has done things forever and ever. Anyway, he called me and he said, well, Jeff, what do you think? And I said, I have no idea, John, what are you talking about? And he, uh, uh, Told me, and I started searching all over the internet. And the thing that really got me was looking at the headlines on all of the major media outlets except Fox. The main headline on all of them was Clinton demands answers. <laughs> Clinton wants to know, demands the FDI release the information. Really? Clinton, you know, uh, it was all her. Yeah. It, it, they spun it. Just, it's amazing to look at it.
2: The pivot. Um, there it is. Well, she's their leader, isn't, isn't it? Isn't Clinton the leader right. of all the media? Well, right. Well, one Absolutely. would think.
1: Holy cow. Well, and so many people have pointed out that if they really want to know, there's no reason why Huma can't, you know, Huma Amadine can't just tell us all what's on there. So, uh, right. Absolutely. So you I, I mean, reveal, reveal it. And,
5: well, that's what. Anthony Weiner was doing in the first place that caused all of <laughs> this
1: mess. I'm bum Boy, uh, I left you wide open for that one. Okay, I, I definitely... Yeah. <laughs> well played. Uh, so... You
5: have to, though, so you have to just love the, the names that fit. Uh, it's you know, crazy. Anthony Weiner and, and who was it, Bernie Madoff with everybody's money. Right? Um, it, 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 it's who's writing so this poetic. book
1: anyway? Seriously. Yeah. So, but, all right, uh, so reeling it back right. in, What? Uh, why is it so important to those of us that love our Second Amendment rights? What are some of the key reasons why it's important for uh, the Republican candidate? Let's just take the guy's name off because there's still people that are on the fence about the guy, and let's just right. look at the, the policies. Um, so we
5: have, we have only one choice. We have only one choice. There, there isn't any. Either it's the guy... Or it's Hillary Clinton. There, there is no in between. There is no alternative. There, there isn't anything else. Either it is him or it is her. And I'm not with the herd. Um, it, it. Here's where it's going. The most, arguably, the most verbal and and stalwart defender of rights on the uh, Supreme Court died earlier this year. That seat is sitting open and is going to be filled by the next president unless the Republicans decide to cave in and and, and give Obama's nominee a nod. But um, either way, that would mean that, that the Second Amendment is effectively dead. People argue about that, oh, they have to go through the constitutional process and, uh, they star dices. They won't, they won't reverse themselves. They don't have to. They don't have to do any of that. All they have to do is the next case that comes before the Supreme Court on Second Amendment grounds. All they have to do is say, oh yeah, the Ninth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals got it right and all you have to do is is meet this minimum little requirement to get over what the Second Amendment prohibits. Um, Hold
2: on, Jeff. Hold on now. Didn't uh, Hillary just say that she believes in the Second Amendment?
5: (laughs) Uh, Right. She believes in the Second Amendment the way it was interpreted 20 years ago. And that is that if you're a member of a militia or you have some relationship with a, a, a militia that she recognizes, which means the National Guard, then you can maybe have a 22 rifle that you can shoot at make-believe squirrels, but not real ones, because that would be mean. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that's, that's the crux. And it's not just that. The Supreme Court, Barack Obama... Appointed almost, it's like 319, so almost 320 judges to the federal bench. And, uh, that's, that's almost a third of, of judges on the federal bench. If we get another four years, and heaven forbid, another eight years of those types of appointments, already nine out of 13, uh, circuit courts of appeal are liberal-leaning. They're officially in the liberal category. And two of the remaining four that are considered conservative are hanging on the edge of a cliff. So uh, it's not just the Supreme Court. It's the entire justice system that is up for grabs with this election. And the only way to protect that, to shield that, the only possible way to do that, is to not elect Hillary. And the only way to not elect Hillary is to elect the other guy.
2: Wow, so I agree with you on that in every point. And so what about our um, our local level of uh, elections here? How, how important are they to this?
5: They are as well. I, I mean, I am absolutely, positively not a fan of John McCain. And uh, I think over and over again, friends of mine on Facebook and, and other media, who are posting pictures of their early ballot with uh, Kelly Ward written in, or, or something like that. Um, and I have to tell you guys, please don't do that. Um, the Senate is critical. If, if Donald Trump wins the presidency, we need a solid Republican Congress to keep him in line and to be sure that they're who he has available to work with. If uh, if Hillary were to win, we absolutely have to have a Republican majority, especially in the Senate, to at least slow down the damage that she's going to cause. So either way, we need that Republican majority. I... When it comes to voting for McCain, I I'm I, I don't like it, but at the same time, it is be sure that John McCain and these five or six others that are kind of on the cusp. McCain's not particularly on the cusp, I don't think, but he doesn't have a big enough margin that we can afford to take that chance. Um, and it, it's it's either. Be sure that we have a Republican majority in the Senate, or we're going to be looking at Chuck Schumer as the Senate majority leader. And if if Chuck Schumer, Senate majority leader Chuck Schumer, doesn't give you a, a fright down the back of your neck, then you haven't been paying attention to politics. That guy is an absolute terror.
2: Right. You know, I I voted last week, and it was very hard for me to uh, put John McCain's name on the ballot, but I did because I know what would happen if if he's not elected, and that's a scary thing. But, you know, a week ago, if we had done this interview, I would say we're in really big trouble. But after the news that's happened this week with the Affordable Health Care Act and what's happened with the emails last night, I think we've got some hope here.
5: I, I really do. I agree with you, uh, Dan. That they had been winning, and uh, at this point, I think that I see, I see a chance for them to lose. Um, and and I'm, I'm so thankful that that, that chance has, has come up. Um, one of the things about the, the ACA is if you look back, Almost eight years ago, six, seven years ago, Republicans in a, an effort to try and, and keep Americans from being harmed by the ACA, they helped to delay implementation of several aspects of, of the, the Affordable Care Act. And that delay meant that the pain got delayed and delaying the pain meant that people didn't realize just how horrible this thing was, because when it comes to, to the Affordable Care Act, it, it isn't, they don't, and it's just an act. Uh, I mean, it isn't affordable, they don't care, and it is all just an act, and now with this news that that we're looking at an average, they say, 25%, which I agree with Donald Trump. I think that that's a lowball number. Mm-hmm. I think that they're trying to soften it. I know we have just been going through this with my family. My wife, uh, her her boss retired. That took her job and her health insurance with him, and we had to go out shopping. And what we found was horrifying mm. and... Uh, here here we sit and now they're telling us it's going to be even more
2: right.
5: it, it's uh it's a scary thing it's an absolutely scary and, thing
2: and that's what's absolutely. going to change the voting even more than the emails because now the people are it's her, it's in their pocketbooks now i mean our our's right. is going to go up double you know you live in maricopa county we're going to see a over a yep. double a double increase and um it's it makes you after up.
5: already a double Right. It's already doubled previously, and now we're looking at, in one year, it doubling again. Right.
1: Exactly. Well, in here, and we've got to wrap up, but in here in Arizona, you know, where they are looking at, at them doubling again. So just in our household of two healthy non-smokers, right, two years ago we were paying $350 a month. Now we're paying seven-something, and it's, we're looking at possibly 1500 a month. Now that's for our personal health insurance. We are business owners. We own AZ Firearms and Pot of Gold Auctions. And we have staff. Well, we don't supply them insurance. We're not legally required to, and we can't afford to. Yep. But the minimum wage is on the ballot, and everybody wants to drive the minimum wage up to 12 bucks a, a, an hour and mandatory pay for, for vacation time and that sort of thing. So we would have to absorb both of those things, and we can't raise our prices enough to absorb both of those things. So we are either going to have to look at possibly cutting hours, cutting staff members, or, I mean, this would be extreme, but maybe closing the doors, and we're one, we're one example, so this is, this is important stuff.
5: Absolutely, absolutely, so everybody needs to be sure and vote, Uh, uh, get out there and vote, vote your pocketbook, vote the Constitution, Um, vote your grandkids' futures, because that's that's what we're looking at right now, it, it is we are teetering on the brink of disaster. And reeling us in from that disaster is going to be a challenge in the best of circumstances. And I guarantee you that President Hillary Clinton, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, and heaven forbid, Speaker Pelosi, mm. is just—that's not— a solution that's not salvation that is is uh racing downhill into the fiery furnace
2: you just gave me an upset stomach (laughs) Uh, yeah dan's gonna have to eat
5: some
1: more halloween candy now hey jeff we've got to run we're a little over time but thank you so much for taking the time to come on and uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk again on the other side of the election and, and see how it all landed. But, but you've done your part to, to get the word out, to educate all your readers. With uh, You've got a couple of columns. Plug those real quick before we run away.
5: Well, if you go to worldnetdaily, wnd.com, uh, slash authors, slash jnox, um, or just guys go on Facebook, Google Jeff Knox and Guns, and you will find me. Find what I'm writing. There's important information out there. Share it. Give it to other people. Educate, inform, because this this really matters.
1: It really does, and, and you've done your part, and I hope everybody else is challenged and encouraged to do their part. Get educated and vote. Jeff Knox, thank you so much.
5: Thank you, Cheryl. Always a pleasure.
1: Absolutely. All right, well, stick around, because on the other side of this commercial break, we have a real... Nightmare Before a Christmas Story with Marcus Weldon, the Detroit Santa shooter. After this,
6: Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com.
3: Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at
4: potofgoldestate.com.
6: Welcome
1: back to Scary Things. This is our Halloween show on Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. And sometimes we have a little bit of fun and eat. Candy, Halloween candy, on the air, and that's what we're doing today. And we are sponsored by AZFirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona.
2: Cheryl, we got to get serious here. What about the pocket Constitution giveaway? Oh my
1: goodness! Thank you for reminding me. That's right. We have these awesome pocket-sized constitutions. You can put the entire Constitution of the United States in your pocket, and You would be surprised. It takes you about 20, 30 minutes to read the entire thing. And how many of us have actually taken the time to do that?
2: You know, if some people get elected in office, you might be able to read it in two seconds.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a good point. Speaking of scary things. yes.
2: Well, if you would like
1: your very own pocket constitution, we will even pay the postage stamp to get it to you. Please email us at talk at gunfreedomradio.com. That's talk at gunfreedomradio.com. All right. So I promised before the break that we were going to be talking with Marcus Weldon, and I called him the Santa shooter. Now, that doesn't mean he saw, he shot Santa, okay? So calm down out there. He didn't shoot Santa. Right, And we'll let him tell his story. But this is a real life nightmare before Christmas story of how you can lose your freedom, even when you are the trained good guy doing the right thing, protecting your own life with a gun. And we welcome to the show, Marcus Weldon. How are you?
7: I'm doing good,
1: sir. How are you? Oh, awesome. And Dan's here with us, too. Hi, Marcus. How Dan. Hey, what's How going on? How you doing? It's going good. Good to hear you. Hear good to Hear your voice again. Yeah, we, we had a chance to meet in Florida at the Gun Rights Policy Conference a month or so ago, and we did have Marcus on a, a few weeks back and barely got to skim the surface of his story, and we thought we'd dive in a little deeper today, especially because what you went through definitely is in line with scary things, which is our theme and so um tell us you know kind of a little bit about what happened with you 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 were involved in an incident um and and the the resulting uh demons in the uh legal system shall we say
7: yeah yeah and i like i I spoke briefly on the story i'll kind of give you a the expedited version of the shooting i had um left for the christmas event helped co-worker with a tire unfortunately um yeah, things got a little escalated when uh, my co-worker, who was a female, was attacked by a young man um, at the gas station, and it ended up erupting in gunfire when he retrieved his firearm and uh, decided to take it to the next level, and we had a shootout in the parking lot of uh, Detroit Speedway gas station.
5: Mm.
7: Yes, and so, um, but I think the part that actually people, uh, you know, everybody wants to hear the shooting and stuff, but... The calamity that followed the shooting was definitely more devastating than the shooting itself. Absolutely. Um, the prosecution, the uh, the prosecuting misconduct that goes on, uh, un, un, you know, just a, kind of a reticent issue that happened so much, and uh, not just to me, but to so many other individuals where they trump up charges and they come at the good guy and they... You know, force people to take these plea deals because they're afraid that they don't have the funds to actually fight the fight the uh, the case, or they don't necessarily have the support. So they tend to sit in jail and and eat those nasty sandwiches and have to <laughs> and sit in those injuri- in that injurious condition. And eventually, they end up saying, "Hey, I'll sign for a year. Just let me out of here and take a felony. And now your life is screwed up."
2: Mm. No, they, Mark, that's what I was faced they, with. They offered you a a plea bargain, right? Yes, they did. What was that plea bargain?
7: Well, I was facing already a minimum 13 years. Uh, the plea bargain was a year. Now, I was on house arrest for a year and a half after sitting in jail for the four days, and um, pretty much they said, hey, you can, you know, there's a big difference between jail and prison. You take a year in jail, you get out on good behavior, six months, you'll be out of the county downtown and you'll be able to go home and, uh, you know, consider consider it uh, time served. So that one year, which seems like, oh, that's much better than 13, well, actually, when you look at it, me not being able to provide for my family when I leave out, because I wouldn't be able to get employed, I would lose so many different rights, I wouldn't be able to vote, I wouldn't be able to do so many other things that, you know, uh, as an American, you you have the right to do. You know, you're now a second-class citizen.
1: It becomes a life sentence is what it does. Yes. So so just real quick, we'll recap. So you're leaving a holiday party. You're dressed as Santa. That's why they called you the Santa shooter, not because you shot Santa. No, nah, uh, nah. z- Some guys start hassling your female co-worker to the point that you felt like you needed to say, hey, 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 what's going on here? We're not going to, you know, you're protecting her. The other guy said, well, I've got something for you, right? And he yeah. goes to his car, gets his gun, and he starts with uh threatening your lives with his firearm you both right. end up firing neither you or your coworker were injured you injured him but no one died right and somehow he doesn't go to trial because apparently he's skipped the country now right correct, correct, he, correct. he got healed up and has skipped the country now the only favor he did you in this whole thing was not dying because you said okay. if he had died then y- some some mandatory things would have kicked into play even oh, yeah. though even though you you were already trained with a firearm you had your conceal carry license and you were defending your life and the life of another person somehow Correct. this lands you on the wrong side of the law and they want to do you a favor by saying, well, you know what, we can just skip this whole thread of 13 years in prison if you'll just plead to a year. Now, who does that serve? How is that, why does that happen? Do you even have any ideas about that?
7: Yeah, I do. You know, I, of course, uh, being on house arrest, I had a chance to really do a lot of extensive research. I started to kind of pull back the layers of the the justice system, and I realized that it was uh, focused a lot on occupancy. Um, And it's a thing where these private-owned prisons are getting so much money to keep in a 90% uh, occupancy level. So what you have here is a system that's more like ran like a hotel industry. And it's like, let's fill all these beds up and we'll get funding. And what tends to happen is when they they get, the prosecutor gets so many um, accolades when they uh, arrest, well, when people are arrested and they prosecute them, so their, their resume looks so good when they have all these different people they prosecute. So their whole mindset is I need to get as many people this year to take plea bargains or win, I need to win as many cases so I can build my accolades and possibly run for a, a political seat one day or, you know, who, who knows. You know, I may be able to run for mayor. They're all thinking on that level. And the justice system is paying a certain amount of money through these private uh, in these private prisons depending on how many bodies you get in there. So there's, you know, it's definitely, it's, it's a business. I mean, it's, a, it's a corporation, and it's, it's unfair to the person who does not have the legal funds to afford a legal dream team.
2: And that's, that's part on you, too, to have to try to figure out, okay, do I just go ahead and take the year, which is six months, or do I go through this expensive attorney? I mean, I imagine you're going to be paying for the attorney for a long time, right?
7: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you figure, and here's another thing. The, ter- the attorney is not the most expensive part, especially in self-defense cases. It's the forensic experts, the self-defense experts, all the extra pieces that you have to pay for. You may pay your attorney, let's say, ten grand, but then you, not to mention the bail money you have to pay to get out, but you got all these experts, witnesses that you want to have on your team so you can prove your case, and um, those experts end up being more than the attorney.
2: Wow. I would have never thought that. I... You know, I watch a lot of court cases on TV, of course. And you'd think that these people are summoned to court; they're not paid to come to court. That's yeah, a, whole sure. mm-hmm. oh, you know, a whole new light on things. Oh, I can imagine.
1: You know, you know, you sound like a conspiracy theorist to people that really don't know. I mean,
7: yeah, and but I can imagine. You,
1: but you've lived it. You've researched it. And and unlike Dan, sounded like Dan says, I, I'm not a lawyer, but I watch them on TV. Is that what you just said, Dan?
4: Of course. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, everything i've ever learned was on tv that's right uh, <laughs> wrong
1: wrong all right well we're gonna run to break but when we come back marcus i want to dig into kind of like your what next like where are you going okay. from this you fought this case you you kept your eye on the prize you you didn't take the plea bargains and and you came out on the other end uh as a free man with a lot of debts unfortunately but uh, but you've got some things to say to, to the next generation and to the generation right now that's getting ready to step up to the, the, the voting ballots. And uh, and you're not going to go political, I know that. But, but you've got some information that I think might help people. And I, I encourage everybody to stick around through the commercial. We've got more with Marcus Weldon talking about scary things.
6: Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at potty Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. See so you best, hurry, and tell them Don Collier sent you.
2: Welcome back to the Scary Things edition of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. We're talking to Marcus Weldon. Marcus, you—you uh, know—you're known as the Santa, the Detroit shooter. Santa shooter. shooter, and uh, you've went through a lot. But the thing I want to know is. You know, you had a different path before this happened. What What's happened now? What's this new path? I'm sure that your things are different now, right?
7: Oh, yeah. Everything is completely shaken up.
2: So you uh, kind of have I, a, a mission
1: in life right now. Uh, we were talking off the air, and... Uh, when we get talking off the air, we, we need, like, three or four hours, right? Because we just... Yes, we do. We, we really uh, dig into things and, and think a lot alike about things. And and so um, when we were pre-gaming a little bit, I was like, all right, so in a sentence, what would you say your mission is moving forward?
7: Well, you know, my goal is to bridge the gap between the urban community and the suburban communities here and in, uh, in our country. Uh, right now, we're in a situation where I believe... Um, a lot of people aren't putting themselves in other people's shoes. And I'm here to really, uh, I'm, I'm a, a basically a living, walking testimony. And I've seen sides, I grew up in Detroit my entire life, and I've seen this, uh, both sides of the fence. Because I also uh, went to not only Detroit public schools, but I went to schools in the suburbs. And now I'm trying to kind of bridge that gap and say, hey, we need to come together. We need to, you know, expound upon some things that aren't really talked about. In our communities.
1: Well, and I, I agree with you so much about that. And you know, you you lived the um, you know going to school in a in a school that was in the hood, and then you had the opportunity, like you said, to go to a more middle class type school, and you saw some some major and marked differences. And so yeah. you're you're thinking to yourself, so okay, what what do we do for people that are in an area that maybe they're not learning all the same uh, things that, you know, the, the kids that are in the hood. But even the right. kids that are in the middle, uh, middle-class middle neighborhoods, they're still not learning the same history that I learned when I grew up. So what right. what do we do about that?
7: Well, you know, there is a, um, a large chunk of history that has been missing in American history. You know, I know we, we, you hear a black history, well, I think both of those are intertwined. You have Black history; it really was is American history too, as well. When you talk about the American Revolution, and you talk about different guys like Frederick Douglass, and you talk about you know Booker T. Washington, James Armistead, you got so many different characters that kind of just you know they fall on the wayside, and it's kind of like, oh, well, we're going to focus focus here on Martin Luther King and more of the the, the people who you know maybe are. People can I wouldn't necessarily say relate to, but remember because it was not too long ago that Martin Luther King was here, and and that's definitely and I'm not you know Martin Luther King is a great figure. I have a poster of him on my wall and everything. That's great, but there's so many so much history that has been left behind, and I think bringing it to light will empower an individual. And uh, there's nothing wrong with having you know cultural pride and embracing your racial uh, 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 your racial heritage, and and there's no problem. I don't think at all to say, hey, listen, here's some guys in American history that, you know, Booker T. Washington self-educated, built a school from scratch, and, and I mean, literally the bricks and everything. And you got guys like Frederick Douglass, who taught himself how to read, and had a meeting with Abraham Lincoln in the White House, and was giving Abraham Lincoln, uh, critiquing his speeches. I mean, this is this stuff was empowering when I read it. I said, wow, why aren't we learning this?
1: And so why, whether the, whether there's a reason why we are or are not learning it, uh, what we were saying off the air is that, you know, you kind of want to personally challenge people on an individual level to spend, right. spend their off hours, you know. So you go to school from 8 to 3 or something like that, right, depending on where right. you're going to, right. to school and you're in, in elementary school. And, you know, you, you go from K to 12. You know, you, you graduate when you're a senior in high school. What are you doing with the rest of your time? Can you find a book? Can you dig into some history? Can you do something to educate yourself on the, the bits and pieces that, that are missing, either because there's time constraints or maybe there's politics involved or whatever the case may be? Uh, so you're really thinking about, you know, just challenging the individual to, to step up to their own plate, right?
7: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you have, you know, books, library, we are in a technology age where you have everything at your fingertips. People are going on YouTube and going on Facebook and they're going, you know, they're they're using it for the wrong reasons. I think sometimes the frivolous things are great when you, you know, if you want to just kind of you know, relax, but let's, let's look at some things you can do. You can YouTube some of these guys. You can uh, research. You can pick up books. Uh, I tell people, you know, you got Carter G. Woodson. you got all these different books are out here. They're just floating around, and no one's really picking it up and digging deep in it, that second education that you need to give yourself outside of school. And, you know, I think when we start to, uh, uh, you know, and it starts in the home. You know, I, I think I'm, me, I'm a father. And I, I, my daughter now, she's seven, and I'm already telling her different things. Hey, you know, of course, she's, she can't understand fully what's going on, but I'm letting her know there's different things in history that you may not focus on. But that, that don't mean that you don't have to look at it. You, when you get home, hey, pull it up. You know, they're they always they're always doing book reports. I say, hey, pick a figure in, in history that no one talks about and no one knows about. Let's not do the same ones over and over. Well, you know, let's, no let's,
2: nobody yeah. can oh, lift yeah. you up better than yourself. You know yes, we we I, need the, the schools aren't going to do it. They're going to teach you the basics and it's very basics, but they're not mm-hmm. the only person to bring you up is yourself. And Correct. you proved that in the in the
1: the legal system. There was nobody yeah. that was going to fight for you as hard as you were.
7: Yeah, you're going to have to fight and you know and mentors and those type of things. I had those in my life and I've seen in my father and and I, I seen my pastor, and I, you know, I know I have guys I can look up to in my life that are role models, and I was not going to just sit here and just be a victim to the system. As a matter of fact, I don't even I don't call people victims. I said we're, we're survivors, you know, because when you get out of that survivor of the justice system, or even survivor of poverty, I mean, whatever whatever is your your roadblock.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, like if you live in a poverty area, no one's going to lift you up unless you want to be lifted. You've you've got to help yourself. And then others people, the mentors, will help you. But if you don't show signs that you want to help yourself, they're not going to help.
7: Yeah, it's very hard to help someone who doesn't want to be helped. And that's one of the things that I'm focused, my focus is on, you know, helping these kids bring out their potential because, you know, there's a difference between potential and opportunity, right? You know, potential is kind of that intrinsic internal thing that, you know, you're capable of being something and then you have opportunity, which is more so like a, a favorable, favorable situation or condition. So you may not have that favorable condition because, you know, you may not be in a, the ideal area, but you still have potential. You still have that potential. And, I, and, and that's what I'm trying to bring out of these kids, bring out of them, uh, the youth that are, you know, I'm in Detroit, 84% of Detroit is African-American. The rest is, you know, uh, other ethnic groups. So it, as a whole, I'm just trying to pull that out and say, hey, let's do this thing.
2: Well, you know, Marcus, I lived in a real rough area when I was a kid, and a lot of the friends that I had were in jail or gone, passed away. And I was, I was trying to climb out. I was white. I guess some people would say I had an advantage, but I, I don't feel that way because some of my friends that were other color got out of it too. But by me climbing to reach and get out of this mess, I had people that helped me because they wanted to help me because I wanted to help myself and got me into the businesses that I did and everything else. Uh, So if I would have been like my other friends, I would have just been stuck there. And I I would have never grown. I'd have never met Cheryl. And um, so it is up to us.
5: Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely.
1: And so this kind of leads us to the nonprofit that you're working with. So tell us a little bit about that.
7: Yeah, redeemdetroit.org uh, I've been working closely with my community and my pastor, and we've been getting uh, programs together that are helping uh, uh, young males who don't have a father figure in their life, and giving them mentors. Working with females who have kids at young ages and need help, and not only helping them, you know, take care of their 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 youth, but also uh, educating them on you know things you can do to. To step out of this system and get out of this poverty, and and don't necessarily you know not necessarily fall fall back into that victim role and say, hey, what can I do? I'm just going to sit back. No, we're we're empowering them. We're giving them that that initiative to keep going, and we're going to help them any way we can. But you know, you got to work with us as well. So when they show that hey, they they're working with us, they say, hey, well, I'm willing to do like you know, a lot of the young guys. I have them changing tires and fixing brakes on cars. Just little small things. You know, that that may not seem like a big thing to someone else, but Those are small things, small skills that they now have that they can go out in the street and say, hey, I can make some money now. I can change brakes. I can change rotors. I can do this. I can do that. You know, I have a little bit of a skill trade still now, and I'm only 18, 19. I have a skill set, acquiring skill sets. That's what Redeem is all about.
1: That is fantastic. And, you know, there are ways people can help. You're in Detroit. We're in Arizona. But there's people all across the country between you and I and everyone can help. They can donate money. If they're close enough, they can donate time or they can actually look at the model that you guys have put together there and duplicate it and and bring that into their community. Because you're right. When somebody learns something new, uh, especially if something can do with their hands, it you stand a little taller. I think
7: standing a little taller,
1: yeah. Right, so I totally well, agree. we could keep talking forever and always, uh, but we've got to wrap up. But one of the the best things that I I like about the stuff that we've talked about on air and off is that you know there's this thing going on in America where it's like, well, if you if you're trying to lift one group of people up, somehow you've got to shove somebody else down and make a negative comparison, and mm-hmm. you're not saying that at all. You're saying let's just lift people up because what's good for one community is actually good for all communities. Am I right?
7: Yes, you're definitely right. We're we're empowering everyone. You know, I I just know that people have have someone they can relate to. So of course, if I was born in the area where you were born in, and you see me leave out and be successful, you can relate to me. Exactly. You know? So that that and, and I want to be able to build rapport with these people and and the people who I who I've grown up with and people who come in after me and, hey, let's give me your hand. This is not a crafts in the barrel mentality. I'm not trying to push you down and I get to the top. No, give me your hand. Let's get out together.
1: I love it. All right, Marcus Weldon. He's got a book coming out fairly soon over the holidays, The Santa Shooter, Guilty Until Proven Innocent. You can check out Redeemed Detroit's website and uh, check out his page, his guest page on gunfreedomradio.com. Thank you, well- Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. Thank <laughs> you. Bye bye. Well, stick around. We still have our number two of Scary Things, our Halloween
6: show. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at polygolestate.com. Come listen to